the University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined. Hello, and thank you for downloading this edition of Innovative Research at the University of Johannesburg. These podcasts are presented by the Library at the University of Johannesburg, and my name is Professor Maria Frommer. I am the Executive Director of the UJ Library and the host of this podcast series. Today, I am delighted to welcome Dr. David Mushanga, who is an economist, but an economist focusing on education economics. Um, he is a scholar in the CBE, or College of Business and Economics, at the University of Johannesburg. And he has been doing very interesting research looking at COVID and digital transformation in education. So, David, as we get started, could I ask you to tell us more about your study, particularly your data collection, and so what your findings are based on? Thank you so much for having me. Uh, of course, I'll start with the background uh, of uh, what happened uh, during the first lockdown. So the outbreak and the spread of COVID-19 came with disruptions to normal life in all spheres of uh, human life. All the sectors of the economy were impacted heavily, education included. So in the education sector, the spread of uh, COVID-19, it um, caused or necessitated more than uh, 106 countries to effect temporary closures of schools. And uh, it is estimated by the World Bank that uh, approximately 1.6 billion uh, children and youth uh, were left out of school. So before the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic, the, the world was also dealing with um, a learning crisis, which was evidenced by high levels of learning poverty. So learning poverty is where children reach the age of 10, but they cannot read. It's uh, usually an indication or a clear sign that the school systems are not working properly. So in South Africa, again, where we based our study, uh, we also noticed that uh, there was a, a national state of disaster that was announced by the government, which also caused a lot of schools, all the schools, from primary to tertiary, uh, to be uh, closed. So there was a total closure of all schools, including universities. So, and uh, stakeholders from all angles were now concerned that school closures will lead not only to loss of learning, but a loss of human capital, and it diminished the economic opportunities in the uh, long run. So what we... Uh, did is that uh, we began to see the various stakeholders begin to take action, uh, applying the various uh, digital tools to try and save the academic year. So what we did is we sat down with my uh, co-author and began to uh, take various uh, studies that were done during that time, uh, various uh, documents that were produced that time. So we were uh, doing something like uh, a literature review approach of uh, the documents that were produced, that were documenting the actions that were uh, done uh, by uh, various stakeholders to save the academic year. And from those reports, 
that's where we get our findings or, or the findings of this uh, particular study. That is so interesting and um, means that the study is really very uh, widespread across um, South Africa because um, I know that there's been lots of interesting research work done on um, varying schools throughout South Africa, primary, high school, and then, of course, also in the tertiary space. So could I ask, um, what were the types of 4IR tools that people were using? And, of course, uh, a sort of um, slightly uh, tongue-in-cheek question is, you know, how much of this were, were really 4IR tools and how much of these were actually 3IR tools? Okay, thank you so much for that question. If I may uh, go back, I think I need to give a little bit of a background of what is the fourth industrial revolution and what is 4IR. Now, to understand the fourth industrial revolution, there is need for us to understand the other three revolutions. So I'll just summarize the uh, first industrial revolution, which took place approximately in the late 18th century to the early 19th century. Now, the first, first industrial revolution is widely taken to be the shift from human lines on animals, human effort and biomass as primary source of energy to the use of fossil fuel and mechanical power. Then the uh, second industrial revolution, it took place between the end of the 19th century and the first two decades of the 20th century. It came with breakthroughs in the form of electricity distribution, uh, both wireless and wired communication, synthesis of ammonia and other forms of uh, power generation. Then we have the third industrial revolution, which began in the 1950s with the development of digital systems, communication and rapid advances in computing power, which enables new ways of generating and processing and sharing information. Then we have the fourth industrial revolution, which is defined as the fusion of technologies that is blurring the lines between the physical, digital, and biological worlds. Now, this revolution brought with it the advent of cyber-physical systems, which represent new ways in which technology becomes embedded within society. For example, in business, government, civil society, education, and even the human body. So it was also it is also driven by uh, the rapid convergence of uh, uh, the advanced technology across the bi biological, physical, and uh, digital worlds. So even though this uh, 4IR is reliant on the technologies and infrastructure of the third industrial revolution, 4IR is representing entirely new ways in which technology becomes embedded within societies and human bodies. So some of the technologies uh, I will mention as 4IR, you would find that uh, you find them in the third industrial revolution. But because of uh, this convergence of the physical, the biological, and uh, the uh, technological worlds, you will find that people are rediscovering some of these technologies. I need to make this uh, a point. So the, the outbreak of COVID-19, so our results were that uh, it came as a wake-up call to the education sector in South Africa from primary, secondary, and tertiary education. So our argument is that we argue that uh, 
it will be difficult for the education sector to go back to old ways of teaching as uh, the issues of social distance will remain active for a while to prevent the uh, spread of the COVID-19. So we are of the view from this study that uh, this pandemic acted as a motivating factor towards the digital transformation in the education sector during the lockdown and even after the lockdown. We discovered that uh, several responses were mounted by various organizations to mitigate against the loss of time because uh, of uh, to, uh, because of the lockdown to save the academic year. So, to as I indicated, to determine how the sector responded uh, to the pandemic uh, to ensure that learning continued, we extracted some of the tools and learning management systems that were used by the sector during the lockdown through, of course, document and conceptual analysis of secondary source of data. So we found that uh, during the lockdown, there was use of virtual classes, uh, where some classes were, were, were offered on television, uh, some by SABC, some on DSTV, some on ETV, radio, um, provided by SABC. And there was also use of zero-rated application and educational websites. Uh, various um, network providers, they provided these uh, zero-rated applications. Then there was also use of social media applications like Facebook, Twitter, and WhatsApp. I must emphasize that uh, most schools in rural areas were using, they were more linked to uh, WhatsApp, the use of WhatsApp. Why? Because uh, they were the access to some of the modern technologies. They don't have access uh, to uh, quite a number of modern technologies. We also discovered that there was use of uh, Microsoft Teams. There was wide use of Zoom, especially in uh, tertiary institutions and some schools in urban areas, but in urban areas, but in secondary schools. There was also use of computing equipment, uh, laptops, tablets, writing pads. And uh, I must indicate that there was massive procurement of computing equipment. Then uh, there was use of uh, Blackboard model. And some of these uh, learning management systems were there in schools, but uh, because of the lockdown, people were motivated to train their staff, to train uh, people to use some of uh, these uh, learning management systems. There was also wide use of Google Meet, Gmail, Google Docs, virtual reality. And uh, I must also indicate that uh, there was massive use of internet. On average, of course, the Department of Higher Education said across the system, approximately 94% of undergraduate students were provided with internet data. So, and um, the Department of, of uh, Education, uh, Department of Basic Education also launched a STEM lockdown digital school in partnership with African uh, Teen Jigs and Sasso Foundation. So they, they were providing free science, technology, engineering, mathematics lessons. They were offered for free through the artificial intelligence-based educational platform, MS Zora. So here classes were offered through, through a live stream on Africa Teen Jigs social media pages, Facebook, Twitter, uh, MS Zora and the Department of Basic, Basic Education uh, website. So, uh, and according to the Department of Education, in terms of completion of the academic year, they we saw some 
universities were able to save uh, the, the, the academic year, while least others were just following. So these were some of the tools that we discovered when we were doing this particular study. Um, thank you so much, Dr. Mshanga. This was such an interesting overview of the fourth industrial revolution and exactly how your study was structured and the tools that you were looking at. Um, I wonder, could you tell us a little bit more about the digital divide? There's been a lot of discussion about this in the media and saying that the move in the fourth industrial revolution and its technologies is creating a new division, the division of the digital divide between those who've got data devices and electricity and those who don't. What did your study find? Thank you so much for that question. Now, one of the uh, things that we discovered when we were doing this study is that uh, uh, the COVID-19, uh, it motivated the use of various digital tools, as I explained. But we discovered that uh, most uh, schools in the rural areas were unable to offer uh, education or learning during the lockdown. Why? Because most of them did not have access to these digital tools. So there is a gap between uh, the schools in the rural areas and schools in urban areas. And even in urban areas, there are schools in uh, townships and schools in, um, in, in what we call more, more, more um, uh, uh, previous XC model schools. There is a difference between these schools. You will find that uh, most schools in townships, they do not have access. Some of them had access, but when we compare them with the rural areas, they were better uh, than uh, those in rural areas. But when we compare those in, in urban areas, townships, and those in uh, upmarket uh, areas, you will find that there was also a huge gap. So one of the things that came out in this study as we were looking at it, we'll find that there is a gap between uh, those who have access to technology and those who do not have access to technology. So we, 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 we as we were doing this study, we thought, so what is the uh, way forward uh, for the education sector? So I've got some things here that I can uh, outline that there is um, a need to revisit the current school curriculum to ensure that it equips learners with the right skills or education for the 4IR. As you were asking that question, the gap between the haves and those who do not have, you will find that teachers in rural areas, where some of them, even if they had access to technology like laptops and uh, uh, iPads and etc. Uh, etc. Et Some of them uh, do not even have the capacity or the, uh, the the skills to use these skills to facilitate teaching and learning. So I think there is a need to uh, balance before uh, as we move into the fourth industrial revolution to make sure that there is access to technology, equal access to technology between those in rural areas and those in uh, urban areas. Thank you so much. That I think is one of the big challenges that our country is going to face. Dr. David Matlanga, this has been such a fascinating conversation. 
you have given us all a better understanding of 4IR and education, but you've also highlighted many of the challenges that we face as a country. Thank you so much for joining us in this podcast. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate the opportunity. Great. And to all our listeners, thank you so much for joining us. I hope you stay well and remain safe. The University of Johannesburg. The future reimagined.